Good morning, Vince. Good morning. There we go, it works. Um, so we've been looking at these different things. We've talked about trying to become a thankful, adventurous, welcoming, encouraging church. You may see on your seats there's some cards about this one, that we're wanting to become a generous church. We think that the gospel, the good news message of Jesus, when it takes root in a person's life, it is able to produce radical and extravagant generosity. We talked last week about the idea of setting up an overflow fund, not just a rainy day fund, so you can give away when time comes. Now I know from getting to know Vince over the years, he's someone who understands and has, has engaged with and grappled with the generosity of God um, to him personally and then also for his life and how he lives. So Vince, a couple of questions for you. Um, firstly, what is it um, about God that makes you think he's particularly extravagant in his generosity? What makes you think God's a generous God? Well, f- first off, um, when I got saved, I-, I couldn't quite believe that there would be a God out there that would actually want anything to do with me uh, from the lifestyle that I had, a very high, hard upbringing, very rugged upbringing. And uh, salvation is the first thing, which is a generous, what a generous God, mm. to just want to reach out. And when I started to dwell on that, I thought, yeah, but it's not just he's reaching out, he's reached out through his creation when he first started, and then he's reached out by giving his only son, Mm. To die for me, you know, and for everybody, but especially for me, is to get my head around that in order that I could walk free from my past. Uh, and that was a forgiveness. And I thought, that, that is just, it was just blowing my head at the moment. I couldn't get my head around it. And then it was, but it, it goes from there because I'm generous to you. I want you to be generous to other people. And it was, well, how do you want me to do that, God? And it was, forgive. And I thought, well, you're kidding. I can't forgive these people. Some of them have really, really damaged me, really hurt me, really put my, my whole life on a, on a wrong track. And yet, I've got to forgive them. And God said, yep, I've forgiven you, you forgive him. So he expects us to forgive. Um, and that was difficult for me because it made, meant that I had to have a, a, a change, a paradigm change in my heart because my heart was very, I was very cold, very strong, I could go through a brick wall easier than say, I love you. That was a difficult bit. I couldn't say that because that, that was the way I was brought up and that was my upbringing. Mm. And um, when you look at it, we live in a world of self-preservation and that's where I was. I always had a contingency plan. If that went wrong, I'd do this. Or if that went wrong, I'd do that. Um, and that's really, I just started to engage and I just sort of wondered about the, the generosity Mm. that God would actually show to me as an individual mm. as to what I've done in my own personal life. I know you, you shared with me before the example that you had of being able to share the gospel message with someone who really was very resistant and living a long way away from God. Do you want to share that again? Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I, obviously, as my walk got uh, more with God, I started to work with the homeless and I started then to work on, with the, on the streets. And I started to work particularly with the drug addiction. Uh, and um, in New Haven itself, there was a, a guy that had moved across his family. He was from Corsica. He was a Frenchman. His uh, family were actually in the arms trade. They were gun runners. He himself was a mercenary, and he was living in New Haven to escape whatever that he was. Um, he was a heroin addict and been a heroin addict for a long time. And then he started to deal heroin and he became the key for heroin distribution in New Haven. 
And I just felt God say to me one day, you've got to go and speak to that man. And I thought, you're kidding. I don't want to go speak. This, this, this guy is, is a real powerhouse. He's a strong man, as the Bible puts it. You know, how do I go to him? And uh, God said, I want you to speak to him. He told me twice. So through a heroin addict, I said, look, I need to speak. I'm not going to say his name, but I'm, I need to speak to him. Um, if there's an opportunity, can you so let, me, let me know? So I left it at that. And then I get a phone call to say, Vince, you know you, you wanted an opportunity to speak to Mr. A? Said, yep. Well, he's actually flying to Corsica, and he needs a lift to the airport at half past five in the morning. I'll do it, I said. I'll do it. So I went and I picked him up. This guy, uh, he was actually in the later stages of AIDS. He'd contracted AIDS through uh, heroin. He'd lost his wife through AIDS. She'd already died through heroin. Uh, so I was able to speak to him, and I spoke to him all the way through up to Gatwick Airport, and we finally got onto the runway to drop him off, and I said to him, you need to have Jesus in your life. I said, please accept Jesus into your life, because you never know when you'll get another opportunity. And he actually accepted Jesus into his life, he got saved, he left me, and within a very short space of time he was dead. And I thought, my God, you are so generous mm. here's a guy that's caused so much pain mm. if you've ever worked with heroin addicts you'll see the pain that there is and the, how the difficulty it is and it just brings you down into uh, into a real humble place to say thank goodness lord mm. that i'm not there you know mm. um and this guy had caused so inflicted so much pain yet god's heart was to see him saved mm. and he blessed blessed me by yeah. being able to do it so I, I think it's, um, it's important before we start talking about financial generosity to recognize generosity is a part of God's nature generally. It's generosity with the love of God, the forgiveness, the act, uh, an offer of salvation. But I know, you, I know from talking to you as well, you're also someone who understands the principle in your own life of generosity with the things that God has given you. So do you want to tell us how did you come to see that and what does that perhaps look like for you? Uh, okay, well, it's interesting because when we got saved, we, you go through usual things and you sit in the church. And we were saved actually into um, a, a tithing church, so they taught tithing about giving 10% of your money and stuff like that. And I really struggled with that because I thought, here we go, it's another charity thing, you know, people are just trying to get you for money and stuff like that. And, and anyway, so, but we were obedient, we were said we had to be obedient, I, I had to be obedient to God, so yeah, what does it say, 10%, so we did that. And... Um, we went to Bible school in America and, and we, you know, um, learned more about the Bible and more about giving and, and stuff like that. And we were diligent in that fact. And when we came back, um, to cut a very long story short, we actually had a house which was rented out. We actually then decided to start a business, which is a bakery uh, in Woodingdean. Uh, and um, we poured all our finances into that and then we sold our house and poured our finances into that, and we lived above the bakery, and um, we were giving our tithe, and we were, we were tithing, and everything was going great. And all of a sudden, uh, oh, the other thing that we were doing too, anything that was in the bakery which was left over, we were feeding the homeless in Brighton. So we thought we were in a really good place, and you know, happy days and what have you. Then all of a sudden, the ASDA in Hollandbury started to compete, and we started to lose business, and before we knew where we were, we were on the verge of bankruptcy. We'd lost everything. And I was saying, God, how, how does that be? I tithe, 
I, I've, I give away, I'm, I'm, I'm generous with what I do, and uh, I was struggling, really, really struggling with it. And then we started to get the bailiffs at the door, uh, and it was, you know, we owed the bank money, we owed the guy that owned the property money, he was a big property developer from Manchester, and we had the bailiffs at the door, and it was, you know, we're going to come after you. And um, we, I said, well, well, I've got nothing to come after me for, I've got no money at all. Uh, and if, if that wasn't then worse, uh, we were in that situation, my sister-in-law, who was 29, tragically died. So we had all that heat on us, and I'm saying, God, I'm crying out to God, saying, what? But I got into the place of desperation, and it's interesting because at the church, and I'll read this because um, we had a, a preacher come through, and he talked about faith giving. And um, he was preaching on Malachi. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, in what have you robbed? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I thought, well, okay, but I am tithing. So why don't I get the windows of heaven open for me and pour out for such a blessing that there won't be room enough for me to contain it? Why, why, isn't, why isn't that happening to me? And then God said to me, well, it's your actual heart attitude because you can give out of necessity and you can give out of compulsion, but generosity means you give over and above. So, okay, great. So Sharon and I sat down and we said, well, what are we going to do? She said, well, we've got no money. Well, we've got... I think we have 500 pounds or something like that. So she said, well, this guy's talking about giving a faith offering. Let's try giving a faith offering. So we gave a faith offering, and then slowly but surely, it was just amazing. Money started to come in from places that I never knew existed. And, you know, we managed to pay off every single penny that we owed. We went to the bank and said, look, I can't pay this, but I can pay that. Are you happy with that? Yep, fine, we'll take that and write the rest of it off. So we managed to pay everything off. Mm. Absolutely incredible. So that was the generosity of God. And um, I thought, this is, this is brilliant. So I can, we can keep giving and keep giving. And um, I have to write these down as I go off track. So um, then he, he took me to the, the passage in Kings where there is a widow. And if you not, don't know the story, it's in 2 Kings 4 where this widow has got into so much debt, her husband has died and she's got, uh, she's got debts all over the place and two boys to bring up. And she goes to the prophet and she said, look, I've got, I've got no money. So he said, well, go and pick all the jars up that you can find and we'll fill them full of oil. And he filled all the prophet prayed, filled all the jars up with oil and she had enough oil to pay off all the debts that she had and then she had enough oil because the prophet turned around and said, well, live on the rest, what you've mm. got left. And I thought, wow, that's fantastic. How, does, how can that work for me? And, and then I felt God really clearly say to me, I'm no respecter of persons. What I can do for that widow, I can do for you. So then Sharon and I started to pray that. We started to say, thank you, God, for you are a generous God. You're not a respecter of persons. So what you've done for that widow, you can do for me. And then you, you, you start looking at the scripture, which says, I will pour out, pour out, Presto, shaken, running over. 
And it led us into a place. And the more we gave away, the more God gave us. Mm. And it was because my heart attitude had changed. It wasn't out of necessity. Mm. It was out of generosity. Mm. And God wants to give you that heart. And if you can get in that zone, and it's difficult to get in, believe you me, I, I still fluctuate in and out of it and have fluctuated in and out of it. And then I get back in it again and started to read these scriptures again. It got me back in it. And I thought, I was in that zone once. And I tell you, quite honestly, standing before you, that you cannot outgive God. It's impossible to outgive God. Whatever you give, God will multiply. Because that is the, that is the principle of the Bible. It is sowing and reaping. Mm. And, and you, um, you, you've talked before when we chatted as well, I think, from the first day of turning up at church and being sceptical of some charity fundraising drive, <laughs> we made the comment that generosity is not for us. It's... Sorry, it's not for the church. It's not, it's not, we don't stand up and say, we need your money, give. We say, this is a discipleship issue. This is about you and us learning to trust God and, and prove his generosity across a lifetime. Um, well, I, th I think the, 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 the thing that uh, would, uh, springs to mind is you, you think charity, right? Because all churches are charities. They're charitable trusts. So then you paralyze that, and this is where you have a, to have a different shift in your heart and in your head. Because if you, if you put it with something like one of the big charities, for argument's sake, the Red Cross, they will have a uh, chief exec, they will have a business plan, they will have a whole lot of things that they want to do in that particular year, and they will want to know the funds that they need to meet that demand, right? But God doesn't work like that. <laughs> God doesn't work like that. He meets your demand, your individual demand. And the Bible talks about, you know, if you... Um, collate your plans together, then God will direct your steps. And, and it's a case of just saying to, saying, saying to God, and, you know, through me, I, 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 I was walking down, uh, when I had to get work after the bakery collapsed, there was a job on, a uh, civil engineering job on uh, Eastbourne, uh, not Eastbourne, um, uh, Rottingdean Seafront, Rottingdean to Saltdean, and it was a two years work. And somebody said to me, go down there. The, the, the guys are going to be bringing the cabins and start work very shortly. And I went down there, and there was nothing there. But I walked up and down, and I said, Lord, I believe you've told me to come down here for a job. You know, that was the paradigm shift in mind. I believe it, I believe it. And anyway, I prayed for two hours walking up and down. Nothing happened. So I went home, and I went to show, and I went, nothing happened. But I tell you what, I'm going to go back tomorrow, just in case I've got it wrong. And then when I went back the following day, they'd put the... Cabins had turned up, must have been late that night, and fencing round. And uh, I said, oh, right. So I went up to the guy and I said, any chance of some work, mate? And he said, uh, actually, I need someone. He said, how good? Have you got any tools? And I went, yeah, yeah I've got my tools. He said, uh, any good at woodwork? Yeah, I'm fine. He said, well, we want to put the cabins together. We want to make shutters because we're doing sea defence work, etc., etc. Can you do that? A couple of weeks' work. I went, oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. So there was God being generous to me again, mm. right? And then when that finished, the guy turned around and said to me, okay, um, the guy that took me on, he said, that's it, mate, thanks very much. You've done two weeks' work. Uh, we'll recommend you to the subcontractor that's coming in to do all the works. And then at that moment in time, a senior project manager walked in the office and said, no, he ain't going anywhere. If you want a full-time job, mate, we'll give you a full-time job. And there was a full-time job. And I thought, my goodness me, God, you're so generous. Mm. And then he said to me one night when we were doing, because we used to do tidal work, I was walking down the beach at night, it was getting dark, and I was praying as I, I, I normally do. And there's so many stories I can, I can tell about <laughs> that two years in there, honestly. But this one is, is quite particular. He said to me, what do you want? 
And I, and I, I was thinking, well, what do I want? And I really clearly knew that God was saying to me, what do you want? I said, oh, I'd love to be a, a general foreman for this company, you know, and go around doing civil engineering work. Well, God was far more generous than that. God escalated me, right, and I stand here as a testimony, from nothing, he es escalated me into a six-figure salary, right, head of a large PLC corporation building most of the Olympic Games. That's what he did for me. Mm. And that has taught me mm. that it's a paradigm shift of the heart. And that's why the Bible talks about out of the abundance of the heart, that's the mouth speaks. That's great. Amazing. Uh, well, I think um, we'll leave it there. I think there's lots to consider. I think when the Bible, when the Bible talks, or Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And we say, I'm not so sure. I think it's pretty blessed to keep, if I'm honest. Um, and the challenge isn't give and you'll get loads of money back and life will be really comfortable. I think what Vince is saying is give, learn to be generous, and it will do you good. You'll be blessed in your life. Um, we're not saying God's a slot machine. You put 10p in, you get 10 grand back. It's, I, I think God is a God of blessing and generosity, and this principle of generosity is something for us to learn and trust in him. Thank you, Vince. Really appreciate that.